I want to be stereotyped. I want to be classified. Hello, and welcome to The Coolest Kids. I am one of your hosts, Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host. The other cool kid, Brock Wilbur. And joined by our guest... I'm Nate Ewart Crocker, and I think I might be in the wrong room. I am not a cool kid in the slightest. <laughs> I'm also just happy to finally hear your fucking last name pronounced. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit I've, of a I've doozy. been reading your work for years and still just like, you know what, E-dubs, E-K. You know what? Couldn't even remember the initials I'm, of your last name. <laughs> that's. I think I made a, uh, a mistake having my Twitter handle be my last name, which in addition to being unpronounceable is also very difficult to spell. Yeah. Like is is it like is your name hyphenated or is it It's uh... hyphenated. I mean, my mom was Ewert, my dad was Crocker, you know, I mashed them together for equality reasons. Yeah, I would I would have thought it was like Ewert or something. Yeah, that's what a lot of people go for. I mean, <laughs> Crocker at least is pretty easy. You know, there's a whole line and Betty Crocker and that's easy to tell people, but I I, yeah. I also went the the same route as Terrence because U- UV Bowl has just convinced <laughs> me to go with that pronunciation with most things. Yeah, just completely ruined. Uh, what a man! Uh, uh, speaking what a of garbage, uh, garbage man. <laughs> speaking of things that are uh, tangential to other things, um, you could have said speaking of video games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh <laughs> that one was right there, wasn't it? Yeah, man, <laughs> real missed opportunity. Uh, uh, today, we are going to be talking about the Tony Hawk American Wasteland soundtrack, um, which is, I believe, what is that, the sixth Tony Hawk game? Seventh? I think seventh it's the Tony seventh. Because it's, yeah, it's one, two, three, four, Underground, Underground 2, and then American Wasteland. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're talking about that one specifically because it's a bunch of uh, emo and punk bands from the early 2000s covering older punk songs. This uh, this episode of us is, uh, I guess, closest in comparison to the uh, the episode we did about uh, Stubbs, Stubbs the Zombie because these are both these sort of cover uh, albums. But like, and I'm 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 back home in my hometown helping my parents with some stuff right now, and I'm not making this this up. I got into a pickup truck that I haven't been into for a couple of years today, and the only CD in it was Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. No way. <laughs> I was like, the timing on this is just fucking incredible. And I was like, I can't wait to just be like, you know what? Every time I've driven that truck, that's the only CD I've ever listened to. And it's been some years. So I was just like, why don't I drive the truck around today to prep for the episode? <laughs> you took some, your truck off some sweet half pipes and did some ollies and... 720s and other skateboard tricks that I presume are real. <laughs> yes. Yes, that's what I did. <laughs> uh, so, how did you... Did you guys like this? How'd you feel about it? Like it as an album? Yeah. <laughs> well, you go ahead, Brock. What do you think of it? Oh, I... So, it... <sighs> I, I had the shitty coming up of, like, I didn't have the older, cool brother to, like, introduce me to things. So I lived vicariously through uh, dudes in my class that had older brothers, uh, and that's why, that's the only reason I know what Primus is, uh, is thanks to them. Uh, and so, like, this was one that, like, I didn't get skateboarding 
uh, and as late as 2005. Uh, but like, I really dug the soundtrack, but also like, I never got the foundation of like punk music that you're supposed to have. So I didn't know that any of these were covers when I first listened to it. So I thought these were all like original, like taking back Sunday songs and things like that. <laughs> uh, and, and then to like a few years later, like start getting into the foundations of punk and hearing the original songs. I was like, Oh, this, and, and this must have been about the same time that I took a girl to see the film Moulin Rouge and just uh, unabashedly destroyed her for not knowing that any of those songs were cover songs. And I was like, oh, at the no, same time, no. I definitely drove her home listening to this. And I was like, haven't you heard this song Sonic Reducer by the band Saves the Day? Yeah, I know a lot of things. You should kiss me. Uh, yeah, so I, so my, my intro to it is is that it is it is just a... A lot of the Tony Hawk games have like these 900 tracks in them or something. And Tony yeah. Hawk's American Wasteland, even though it comes later in the series, really pared it down. Uh, and so there's this, a, it's there's still a lot of songs on in the game, but these 14 songs like are pretty much the the entirety of what you can hear uh, on the, on the main levels and stuff like that. And it's uh, such a good. I love any soundtrack that does this thing that they go high concept and they let some people do some cover songs. But uh, each of these songs is just like, I don't think that there's any duds here, which is, is kind of incredible to come back to uh, 13, 14 years later and be like, yeah, okay. Like this, this all holds up, which is pretty cool for a tribute album that's tied to the soundtrack to a game that I barely remember. <laughs> uh, I will say, I, uh, I think this is the best Chris Connolly from Saves the Day has sounded since uh, Through Being Cool came out. <laughs> because I've said this numerous times, I don't understand why after Through Being Cool came out, he was just like, what if I just sung at like 10 octaves higher than what my voice normally sounds like? <laughs> and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep that up for many years. I like I like the Saves the Day song on this. I like Sonic no, Reducer a lot. That's what, I was, that's what I was saying. Like, I actually like it, and it upsets me because it's the best he sounded. Like, even when he did, he did that uh, that band with uh, Max Bemis from uh, from Saves the Day, like, I was like, I like the band, but I cannot stand listening to him sing. I generally <laughs> like this album. Now, my, my experience was, I, I never played this back in the day, uh, and I don't have too much of a history with Tony Hawk. I, I really liked him in... Super Street Fighter 2, um, but uh, I went and I looked up a Let's Play for mm-hmm. Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, and I thought, oh, you know, I'll g- get a sense for what the gameplay was like, and maybe what the, the narrative wrapper of the, the game was, and the first thing that happens in the Let's Play is they go into the menu and they turn all the music all the way down. And I was like, now why would they? Of course, you know, because it was on YouTube, and like they would get hit with a whole bunch of copyright stuff. But yeah, so that wasn't that wasn't the best way to get a sense for the soundtrack. The the soundtrack's on Spotify. I mean, at least these fourteen songs are on Spotify. I uh, this was on Google Music, so I was kind of surprised. Yeah, me too. uh, That it was just because I was just I know I have it in my collection because I downloaded it. probably in 2005 and it's just floated with me from computer (laughs) to computer back in the days when we just used napster as a giant trolley fishing net to just pull everything into our orbit in terms of mp3 collections right i believe i have the rule of rose soundtrack here somewhere a game i still have not played (laughs) don't play it terrence has thoughts on this (laughs) don't do not play it it's bad like (sighs) good lord (laughs) 
Um, uh, we, we have Nate on with us tonight because, Nate, uh, we all write at uh, Zam, which is a website that many of you might not know about and should Bam. definitely read. Uh, and uh, Nate does a monthly like soundtrack roundup that is always uh, really cool for me because uh, you also have to go out of your way to mi- include like one vinyl thing that I missed and now have to buy. Uh, <laughs> so we invited Nate to come on to talk about sort of the soundtrack element of this, but also... Uh, Nate originally wanted to talk about a game, a racing game, that is entirely soundtracked by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and we all agreed that that was a poor decision. Yeah, I just, I, I just want to say, I don't, I'm not a big fan of, ska. I, I, I like ska, not as, not as a thing you're, to listen you're to. White. Well, no, <laughs> I, I like ska, not as a thing to listen to, but as like, I'm, I'm so happy that just. It exists as a, a, a people are earnestly in love with this thing, and I don't understand it, but they just seem <laughs> to like it so much, and I, I, I feel bad harsh in their vibe. But yeah, I, the, mean, I just don't, I just don't, uh, I don't say anything when anybody talks about how much they like Scott, but they try to get me to listen to Scott. I'm just like you, no, absolutely not. Like I hate it. I hate it. Like, there's only one ska album I've ever owned, and that's the only ska band I'll ever like. And it was Five Iron Frenzy. And never like, I, every time I hear a ska song, I was like, oh, this just sounds like every other, every other band. Like when people talk about, like, oh, you remember Old No Doubt when they had songs? I was like, yeah, no, I'm good. I don't need, I don't need trumpets and saxophones and Gwen Stefani. Fine. You know what made that kingdom tragic was all the horns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you can have like like cake uses horns well. You yeah, can have a horn ska. section. No, they're absolutely not ska. <laughs> like I like I think it's something there about the upstrumming and the <laughs> like I don't know what it is, but it's just, like every time I hear it, I'm just like. <sighs> so I the, feel like I'm I feel like I'm trapped at a party that I don't want to be at. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the the game that brock referenced earlier is a car combat game on ps1 it's called rogue trip r-o-g-u-e and i haven't actually played it myself all i know is that they decided to do a ripoff of twisted metal and the whole thing was soundtracked by the mighty mighty boss tones which seems to be so unbelievably incongruous that i have yeah. no idea why they would make that decision it's because well, it's because rogue what is it called? Rogue Trip. Like I Rogue Trip, but R O G U E. Rogue Trip sounds like the name of a Mighty Mighty Boss Tones album. It does. Like they were just it? like, you know it what? Does. Those two words just go together. <laughs> uh, it was made by the people who made Twisted Metal 1 and 2. Oh, was it? Oh. Same folks? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was made by Single Track. Because it was like, who's Single Track? They made uh, Twisted Metal 1 and 2, Jet Moto 1 and 2. Uh, and then the last game they made that came out in 2000 was Animorph Shattered Reality. <laughs> I didn't know that was the... I played a lot of Jet Moto when I was young. I was yeah. really into Jet Moto. I would Looking read a at book the... about this company. The, <laughs> the stories that must have happened here. Uh, I'm reading... <laughs> I'm reading the Wikipedia page for Rogue Trip, which is not very, it's not a very long uh, Wikipedia <laughs> I'm sure page. sure it's not. But the, the game is called uh, Rogue Trip Vacation 2012. <laughs> oh, and, no. Uh, oh, no, it's <laughs> we've already We've already missed it. Uh, it's already <laughs> happened. But uh, it says the soundtrack includes The Rascal King by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones and Snake Eyes by Nashville Pussy. <laughs> oh, my. Does everyone miss Nashville Pussy as much as I do? <laughs> Yikes. Uh, uh, ew. I hate this. 
I hate it. Um, yeah, it's like I remember you said Rogue Trip. I was like, that sounds familiar. And then I saw the cover of the game. I was just like, oh, I definitely remember. I, n- I don't think I ever played this game. I think I wanted to play it just because I like car combat games way back when. Mm hmm. Uh, played a lot of Twisted Metal, played a lot of Vigilante 8. Yeah, Vigilante 8. Uh, yeah. Um, but I don't think I ever played this one. I have never seen the cover art for this or yeah. anything else. Oh, there's oh a... God. I'm I'm scrolling further down in the Google and there's a... Uh, there's a uh, Russian cover that is different from the American cover. And it's a guy driving with his feet in a straitjacket. Yeah. <laughs> That, okay, that's I an image it. that says yep, Mighty that's... Mighty Boss Tones to me. <laughs> uh, God, yeah, that's so, incredible. So this uh, Tony Hawk American Wasteland uh, soundtrack, I've like uh, Brock mentioned earlier that he didn't grow up with like this sort of foundation for punk. Neither did I, but I knew uh, from the outset that these were all covers because I want to say they talked about it in Game Informer. They were like, all these songs are. Are, are covers of uh, old punk songs like before the before the game came out and I re- I distinctly remember the <laughs> Taken Back Sunday Suburban Home cover being used in the commercials for this game mm-hmm. um but uh like I, I knew and I and I like the there's some songs that I like I don't hate but they just don't do anything for me like I really don't care about that uh that uh, My Chemical Romance cover like it just <laughs> Sounds like My Chemical Romance. I, I, yeah, I like, like that one, but that's it, also one of the ones that really sold me on. Like, well, that one's definitely a My Chemical Romance song, right? Like, it just sa- like it doesn't sound like My Chemical Romance doing a cover of a song. It sounds like My Chemical, like a B side from uh, from the Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge. I can remember, so my mouth made a bunch of noises. <laughs> um, uh, but I really like uh, that Taking Back Sunday, and I do I like the first track off the album, the Census Fail cover of Institutionalized, because I like it better than the original. Because I don't like how a lot of old punk bands had lead singers that couldn't sing, mm-hmm. yeah. and it would that was like the that was like a point of pride for them. It was just like punk doesn't need to sound like anything, man. It's just like sh- shut up. I hate your bets. Just just admit that you can't sing and continue to make your terrible music. Well, okay. Also, there's, so there's so much here that like also uh, like uh, Fallout Boy is track ten. Like that's where they were in their career. That's how far back they were. <laughs> but also this means that Fallout Boy and Dropkick Murphys share an album together. Like there's yeah. there's so much yeah, about this to weird. like it. But also like the rankings of like Hot Snakes is above Fallout Boy. I'm like, well, that will never happen again. But that was yes, a nice like, time. Like. Hot Snakes, I was like, I don't even, I barely remember that band. I, I heard the Fallout Boy track, and I, I hadn't heard this cover before, and, and I was like, aw, Fallout Boy, he's, <laughs> that boy is you trying remember, so hard. It's you okay, boy. Fall Out boy. <laughs> <laughs> you go, boy. Fallout. Uh, I think my... F- <laughs> I like the idea we have more nostalgia for Fallout Boy than for Tony Hawk. <laughs> I mean... It, it seems further away somehow. <laughs> Tony, Tony Hawk is 50 this year. Turning the big five zero, I wonder oh, if he can still pull the nine hundred. So this is what makes it uh, all his bones would fly out of his body. <laughs> I, I went to I went to see what Tony Hawk was up to on Twitter, uh, and yesterday <laughs> I uh, saw this. Yeah, I so saw that too. Uh, he he tweeted to anyone asking me to 
uh, quote remaster old games, which he I, he doesn't know what that word means, or complaining about the Tony Hawk Pro Skater servers being down. Activision owns the license. I'm no longer working with them. If I had the skills or authority to reboot servers or code games for newer systems on my own, I would be happy to. Which like that makes it like people are attacking him for servers being down for games that no one's playing, uh, and and that's that makes sense. But uh, a uh, another he, he games was definitely. Writer, Oh, he definitely, uh, I would say he definitely to like get that tweet written. He was like, Riley, Riley, <laughs> how does how does video game work? I would do it if I could, man, for the fans. Uh, and then I saw a thread from uh, at Gay Steel Mill, who's a games writer, uh, and it's a very short thread. Uh, his does he work hard and play hard? He. <laughs> <laughs> He says, love to see a new quality Tony Hawk. It won't happen officially, so what do we have at our disposal? Unofficially, we have the engine for, mechanically, the best Hawk game ever, Underground 2, uh, and an, uh, an extremely open-source mod on top of it, Thug Pro. Uh, Thug Pro basically opens the hell out of Thug 2 while adding near enough every map from Pro Skater, Underground, and a handful from Project 8. Uh, no story mode, but you can play online with friends, and you have access to the creation suite. Uh, and it's like, why would you stop there? Why not bring out new maps and do that? So basically, it's a call for like, we actually do have the tools to unofficially, if people want to be doing that, there is still a scene out there for it, which I thought was a nice reminder. Like, you needn't yell at the man that just put his name on the thing. No one's going to ask Tom Clancy why the, why the Vegas 2 servers aren't running anymore. <laughs> I mean, he's dead, but... Yeah, well, I yeah, that's the first problem. So, now I'm just imagining somebody just, like, standing over Tom Clancy's grave, like, why are there servers up? <laughs> Look, I, I, gamers do that. I mean... Gamers are stupid, yes. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, like... I feel like the people that are... Tweeting at Tony Hawk like fix the servers are people who don't normally play video games, so they're just like he's the only person. His name is on the box, so I gotta yell at him. Some sort of person that's just like you made this game already. I don't understand why it can't just be on the Switch. Just put it on the Switch. Don't you you have to like press a button and it's on the Switch? (laughs) Well, that raises the question of like when are we gonna get the Stardew Valley of Tony Hawk? When is when is one man (laughs) toiling for five years in his parents' you know basement? gonna produce the ultimate skateboarding game that meets yeah, all our needs because i know there's like a there's like some big skateboarding game big i'm putting in quotes uh on early access right now but it's like a skate-esque game so okay. it's not tony hawk and like it's just like i don't like skate's fine but i don't, don't want to play skate i'll play tony hawk like <laughs> and that that tony hawk hd that came out on 360 is bad <laughs> it's it's real bad I want it so much that, like, uh, the the most recent one, like Project 8 or whatever it is. No, 5 is the most recent one. Okay, then then 5. Uh, <laughs> like, it's still, like, 60 bucks in the Xbox store, and it was on, like, half-off sale at one point. And I, I did, I almost tried to buy it, and then, like, <laughs> Xbox.com wouldn't let me. And I was like, you know what? You're right, <laughs> Xbox.com. $30 is too much. Eventually, it'll just be a game with gold somewhere. <laughs> I will. I will have to send you some videos of that game, uh, because it is it is something to see. Uh, Lil Wayne is in it. He's oh wow! A, really? Yeah. Well, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be. It used to be that they would put skateboarding in other games as a thing that you could yeah. do. They put it in uh, Jack and Daxter at some point, and Solid it's Snake a, had a yeah. Snake I was gonna say a Metal Gear. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, then they're just like, oh, whatever, just put a rapper in here. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't like, I just want to, like, I don't understand why somebody hasn't made a Tony Hawk. Like, <laughs> this is, is skateboarding a, <laughs> just out of the cultural zeitgeist now? I, is it? I guess. I'm just imagining a scene where Tony Hawk is like, I've got to give the fans another game. And someone's like, Mr. Hawk, I'm sorry, but no one's been on a skateboard since 2008. <laughs> right. Like, the game now would be, like, that you play the guy Snapchatting Tony Hawk, and it's a game about trying to shoot the sickest vid that will go viral. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like, uh... After Burnout Paradise came out, they were less like, no more, no more arcade sports games. Like, only realistic racing. We need realistic every, like, like, there's no, every sports game that comes out is now just like, we got Madden, we got NBA, that's it. Be happy. Go away. FIFA, that's for Europeans. Um, <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if we're going to get a Mario skateboarding game. Because, I mean, that, it seems like Nintendo's got the only in oh, into, man. like, arcade sports I, action at the moment. When, when would you I, see I, Mario in a pipe? That no, but can't you just imagine <laughs> Waluigi doing a six seven twenty Ollie? Sh- shut up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, Plumbers don't I'm... understand half pipes. It's <laughs> it's whole or nothing for them. <laughs> <laughs> I would uh, a Mario skateboarding game would be that'd be good. That was supposed to be a Sonic skateboarding game. Oh man, that would um, be more what... on brand. Yeah. Why Sonic's already There's, like, so fast? Hey, look, there's snowboards, four, there's four Sonic racing games. There's Sonic R, which is just, uh, which is Sega Saturn and PC game, which is just the characters running on foot. There's, uh, there's, no, there's, what is there, five? There's four. There's Sonic Racing All-Stars Transformed, and that there's game's another one real that's, good. that's not transformed. Yeah, there's, there's the first one, and then there's also... Oh, no, there's five. There's uh, there's the two, like, boarding games. There's, like, these airboarding games. Okay. I love, uh, I love one that was, rather than talk about Tony Hawk, we're just like, why does Sonic n- need so many alternate <laughs> forms of transportation? It doesn't make It doesn't make sense. <laughs> Well, Mr. Uh, Hawk has fallen, and someone has to pick up the torch. We're just trying to look in the I, gaming I really cannon and figure I out who can do it. Like some fan art right now of a dead Tony Hawk and, and Sonic picking up the ring. I, re- oh, I remember when I first saw like Tony Hawk's face, like up close. Uh, it kind of, it was kind of like deflating because it was just like, like, oh man, this cool, like he's a really popular skateboarder. He's but he's always looked like he was fifty years old, like. <laughs> like even back when he pulled the nine hundred, he's always just kind of looked tired and old. I, th- I think he looks younger now, which is <laughs> probably maybe he's pulling a Benjamin Button on us. <laughs> I, I think this is closer to a Paul Rudding situation. But like if Paul Rudd was always just like a C minus, so like it, it, you know, no one's super attracted to it. <laughs> uh man like he's, um, he's not out in the sun all day every day so his skin isn't like a snake anymore and he, right like yeah there's definitely things about his life that now that he doesn't do what he had to do for 20 years he's just healthier <laughs> have you guys ever ridden a skateboard in real life yeah once yeah I, like I know how to i know how to ride one but i haven't also I haven't done it in like 12 years i definitely like tried to do it when i was seven and fell and split my lip open and that was the end of skateboarding for me 
<laughs> but also, like, uh, I, I lived w- in the middle of the country, so, like, I, I, I couldn't hit just... my nearest neighbor, like, with a gun, and they were all Amish <laughs> anyway, so I wouldn't want to. So there was, there was no I've... pavement to speak of. Jesus. I'd play an Amish skateboarding game. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they they actually need it because time they for can't another use time for another car. half pipe. <laughs> uh, um, I remember trying to skateboard up a. My friend had like a had a ramp, and I like went up the ramp, and uh, and then like the board came out from under me, and I just fell on my ass, and I broke my ass. I didn't actually break it, but I just kept saying that. I was like, oh, my ass is broken. Um, <laughs> yeah, this game series is disappointing in a lot of ways. <laughs> uh, it is, but it's also like, I mean, there's a history here in that, like, this this is where we got introduced to so much music. I, I think I got right. introduced to it just watching friends play it, even when I was like, I don't, like, I never understood until this game when the, when the, uh, if if you don't know, uh, like American Wasteland is and and Underground are sort of where uh, the game series went from this very realistic, with kind of kind of heightened skateboarding thing where you mostly just fall down a lot to being like a Saints Row of like you just like fucking did a ten seventy off God and it's just like okay <laughs> where where did that come from it but it's so silly and fun and it has this play back and forth with the environment where you have to like skate over bells to like launch rocket ships and like it has a very cartoony sense of logic about it but it's it, it it's so heightened it had nothing to do with skateboarding anymore and i i think i was always confused watching them my friends play like tony hawk 2 and being like it just seems like you keep falling down which is what you would do in real life we could go fall down right now outside <laughs> like I, I i didn't get what made this magical but like the soundtracking element of it like especially some of those early games i'm like how did they even fit this many actual songs onto like a ps1 disc right uh, without and, the console melting right and it's also like harkens back to like this this like 2005 hits about the time that the entire world of music licensing changes forever and the ability to put a hundred songs onto your game is is not possible anymore and i think that that's why we hit like these 14 and they're like yep that's good enough (laughs) yeah um i uh discovered melancholin on the i think they're on the second tony hawk soundtrack no cigar nice uh and I just like I just remember really liking that song. Then my brother bought the CD, and then I never listened to Mel- I like listened to that CD a lot, and then never searched out Melancholin ever again. I, I was just about to say we should find a Melancholin person and do an episode because that's also uh, a band that's just a gap. Was, yeah, I was gonna say we could uh, we we could definitely do uh, whatever that album is called <laughs> uh, that I have a copy of and I can't remember the name of. So, so Nate, I, I guess I was bringing up the idea here of like back when we used to have giant licensed music games and then smaller licensed music games. You're here as soundtrack specialist. What are your thoughts on like the history of that? Well, I mean, you know, from what I can tell, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland has like the 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 14 songs that are on there are not the entirety of it, right? There's more right. going on yeah, there. It's, it's 63 songs. It, it, it's this this sort of dichotomy between the broad licensed soundtrack. And this sort of narrower band of uh, more deliberately cultivated stuff that they want to like draw your attention to, and I think that's a thing that uh, uh, like racing games now tend to do. 
Uh, I know that mm-hmm. uh, I was listening to in doing one of my roundups a couple months months ago. Uh, soundtrack to Project Cars Two had a bunch of like cool license track, but also a lot of uh, originally composed stuff that made it sort of sound like a heist movie, which was really kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of games that I... When I think of games that had broad licensed soundtracks from that era, mm. I tend to think about Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. and how right. they sort of, like, balkanized it by having shorter, like, album-length playlists on specific in-fiction radio stations. Yeah, I was uh, I, may, I was thinking of, um, like, the EA... Like, back then, EA would let you make your own playlists for... Uh, like you can upload your own songs to, to a uh, to the game and mm-hmm. like play as you were as you were driving around and all that. Uh, and I was thinking of the uh, the Burnout Paradise, which is getting remastered, um, comes out soon. And they had like a it was a whole bunch of different, uh, a whole bunch of different bands. Like I'm looking right now, it's like it's like Alice in Chains and Avril Lavigne and Brand New and. Sugar Colt and Soundgarden and uh, Guns N' Roses, like it's just a bunch of a uh, bunch of different bands, um, and like you said, like the only like the only games that really have soundtracks anymore are just it's like NBA, Madden, and then it's just like eighty thousand uh, rappers you've never heard of, and then like <laughs> one rock band they found. On the radio. It tends to be sports and racing games that have the heavy licensed soundtracks these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, because nobody wants to make music games anymore because everyone was just like, hey, what if we had plastic controllers that looked like mu- uh, music instruments and we sold them with every game that we came out with? And so there's just an influx of them. And then you can't sell them back because GameStop has too many. <laughs> when, when Tony Hawk's American Wasteland came out, I was probably at the time playing an awful lot of frequency and amplitude uh, Mm -hmm. for PS2. I was really, really into those at the time. And so like those had some contemporary pop punk stuff on there, but also they had a bunch of weird proto dubstep and electronica and house music and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, that was, um, I can't remember the name of that company now. Harmonics. Harmonics, there you go. I'm like remembering people who worked at Harmonics, and my brain is like, "Well, your brain t- doesn't tend to go to Harmonics because like uh, Harmonics are the the rock band people and the people yeah. who did the first Guitar Hero." But like <laughs> that was Harmonics before Harmonics was Harmonics, right? Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just like, I know some of the people who work there. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, there was a there was a guy at the uh, my local bar in Los Angeles that would go there to work a lot of days when I was going there to work. And uh, right before I left, I was noticing that he was just like coding stuff. And I was like, you don't happen to be making a game. And like, he's a guy I sat to for like several months. And we like, we would like nod and like morning captain to each other and then go into our laptops. Uh, and finally I was like, what's your like game thing? And he's like, I'm, I'm just trying to make a mobile thing for me. But I was like, have you, worked in the industry a long time and he's been at Neversoft since like the beginning whoa uh, so like i had all these questions about like tony hawk and stuff but also i was like what were the things that you like lead wrote on and he's like well do you remember the game gun and i was like yes Ooh, what <laughs> i like gun a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> including the fact that like yeah you can beat the hard level 
of it uh, by uh, jumping off your horse at the very beginning of the game and you just uh, appear into the, the final scene of the game. I remember getting that <laughs> oh. achievement. Uh, weird glitch, hilarious thing. And he was like, yeah, I couldn't fix that. I was like, I'm glad you didn't. Save me a 12-hour playthrough for an achievement. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I just thought that it was so incredible to like, be like, yeah, we worked on the Guitar Hero stuff and then like, uh, you know, I had to work on some of those Call of Duties and everyone just threatens your life the whole time. I was like, see, you get it, man. <laughs> yeah, but, I was going to say, that was that was back when Call of Duty wasn't... That was before Call of Duty was like Call of Duty. It was like uh, when there, there was like 18 Call of Duty spinoffs instead of just... It, was, it wasn't just like Call of Duty 1, 2. When you got to 3, they started making things. But like there was like six Call of Duties before they made like Call of Duty 2. Uh... So that was that was a time when uh, shooters weren't really a console thing. Like Halo was the one that everyone played. Yeah, uh, and Call of Duty was was uh, was on PC. That was a PC game. I had to go back and retroactively make myself get good at first-person shooters. It was sometime around like Halo Three, maybe like mm-hmm. two thousand eight or something like that. I was like, you know what? No, I'm gonna go and like actually learn how to play first person shooters and do it well. It might have even been like so I could play Bioshock or something like that. I was like, this <laughs> one looks really cool. I better learn how that works. How do I move? How right. do I move a character? <laughs> just you're just vomiting because you can't like figure out like why does the camera move when I'm not my. Uh, well, I'd always I'd, I'd play Halo with my friends in like high school and early uh-huh. college, but I just get destroyed. You know, it was like four right. player split screen, and I was always in fourth place. And I was just like, you know what? I don't like these games with the shooting. In the- <laughs> Give me games of oh. feelings. <laughs> the most you can get from a game with feeling was like a SquareSoft RPG. Yeah, that's. <laughs> let me go back to my Final Fantasies. <laughs> oh, as as I can tie it into the Call of Duty thing, I just did an interview with uh, Wilbert uh, Wilbert Rajet. Uh, who goes by Busta Tunes? Uh, he just scored the uh, the new Call of Duty World War Two, uh, mm-hmm. and he did like uh, Temple of Osiris and a couple of other like weird, interesting things, and uh, just like this cool thirty four year old dude. Uh, and uh, I asked him how he broke into the industry, and he got hired at Lucas Arts as a music assistant. And they were like, "While you are here, you will not write one fucking note of music." And he was like, "That's fine. I just want to be in the room." And they were doing uh, Old Republic. Uh, and he wound up uh, sitting at lunch next to some producers one day, overheard a conversation he wasn't supposed to hear, where they were like, we got to get like another seven hours of music in the next two weeks or this thing isn't going to ship. And he was like, gentlemen, hello. Uh, <laughs> and just like sort of invited himself in. And like he came back the next morning with a bunch of like notebooks he'd filled with little scribbles that he'd done on the bus home every night. And they're like, all right, you're hired. I was like, way to invite your in, yourself into the, <laughs> the old Republic and then like build a wonderful career and all this stuff. And that's great. I was like, oh, that's now you're doing Call of Duty. Like, OK, you're doing you're doing good, man. <laughs> Man, I wish I could have. I wish I could have uh, heard that music and played that game more if it was any good. <laughs> Busted tunes sound familiar. Is he, I wonder if he's an OC remix guy. I hate the Old Republic. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just thinking about it. Like that game. Like I loved uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I didn't play the second one until recently, but like I was, I was so hyped for MMOs back then. And I was just like, oh, man, they're making an MMO based on one of my favorite games. 
And then it, uh, I got to level 45 and I was just like, this is, this is destroying my life. Like this is sucking the life out of me. It's so boring. That's such a bummer. I yeah, I had a, a large portion of my friend group get into MMOs in college because their college's network allowed them to do so. But however, mm-hmm. ours was wired. I went to a different school. Uh, I like we couldn't. Like I could. I could. We had blazing fast internet. Like, but we weren't able to play MMOs through whatever reason. Uh, and yeah. so they got into like Final Fantasy XI and World of Warcraft right when it launched, and uh, I. I just stayed on the single so, player stuff. I said that was that was back when MMOs weren't playable by real people. It had to be a, to be a real fucking nerd. Um, <laughs> Brock, did you did you ever play like any MMOs or? Uh, I have I have lived relatively MMO free. Uh, okay, good. Every time I get close to something, like I I do like the first couple hours of like both Destiny games. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm out. As soon as I need to start scheduling times with somebody else, I'm just like, I'm, I'm I done say, here. I was going to say, Destiny's uh, the easiest you're going to get to get into. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I remember playing WoW 2007, 2008, and people were just like, you want to be in our guild for raids? You can send in a guild application. And I'm just like, you can suck every part of my <laughs> dick right now. My, my wife did Warcraft, and then with an ex-boyfriend, I believe she did... Uh, City of Heroes. I was like, you're the only person I've ever met who played City of Heroes. City of Heroes is okay. I never played much of it, but it was they had a cool character creator and you could be a superhero, but <laughs> other than that, like I don't know, it was just generic MMO. Like it was anything it's basically anything else that NCSoft made. Uh then the team went on to make uh Champions Online, I think. And that one's also not very good. <laughs> I tried out Most- World of Warcraft in like 2008 or something like that. I did the two week free trial and I mm-hmm. did, you know, the first couple quests that you could do by yourself. And then I hit the first quests that you had to go and do with other people. And yeah. I went to try and like pick up a group in the town center. And then and it was impossible. And people like people were like, hey, you want to go do a quest? And as soon as we got out of town, they're like, hey, you want a cyber? And I was like, OK, I'm out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. Uh, was, it, was it the human town? <laughs> yes, it was. Of course it was. That's, Gold Sh- that's Goldshire. They take you. Uh, there's a there's a little house on a lake outside of Goldshire, and uh, that is the that is the uh, role playing house. And I'm not joking. My little paladin was too too innocent, too pure for this world. <laughs> um. Yeah. The. Uh, world of Warcraft has gotten better over the years. It is definitely more like better at onboarding you. And there's uh, so like you can pretty much play the game solo until you get to the final, like until you start getting the rating and everything, which is real nice because I still think it has uh, the best uh, sort of MMO combat and like leading you along and doing quests and stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, the multiplayer I, thing I, has become a real problem for me ever since becoming a parent. Because, like, I'm trying to do Monster Hunter World with some of my friends, and I'm like, okay, the, the kids are at Grandma and Grandpa's. I have, I have like, 90 minutes. You want to go try hunt a Rathian? I have, I have a two-minute window. Um, no, I just have a dog that bothers me all the time. Uh, he is currently sitting here. Uh, and if I don't pet him, he, he will want to leave my room, and I'm recording, and he doesn't understand that. that I can't just get up and open the door. For him anyway this tony hawk soundtrack <laughs> yeah okay so um, the thing that i noticed about the tony hawk soundtrack is that i like i like the 14 tracks that are that are 
highlighted. I like yeah. most of these covers. But I went back, and the way that I listened to it was I listened to a track from, I listened to a cover, and then I listened to the original. I found it on YouTube, and they're all, you know, you search them by name, you can find them all on YouTube. And the, the, like, the the post-punk or the emo sound sounds pretty similar, and Mm -hmm. the punk sound that it's pulling from, like, all of the originals sound more different from each other than the covers mm-hmm. do and i think a mm-hmm. lot of that has to do with oh, like production value i think like all the punk bands have the same basic setup you know they've got a, a screaming vocalist and they've got the guitar and they've got like a drum kit and like not much more than that but i think right. the the weird raw underproduced nature of it meant that everybody sort of put those ingredients together and it sounded a little bit different and more distinct and so it felt to me like the the covers, when you listen to them all at once, are a little flatter than the the punk originals. Uh, and I mean, sometimes that's better, and sometimes it's worse. Like some of the covers are better than the originals, and vice versa. But that right. was interesting. Um, so the song "Institutionalized" that can only be written by a white kid, right? <laughs> yes. Like listen be, to right? that song. Like, listen to that song. I was just like, there's no way. Like, like this song is basically like, hey, this <laughs> this real messed up kid doesn't want to go to... Uh, his parents are just like, hey, we're calmly telling you that, like, you need to get help. We are going to send you somewhere to get help. But he's like, I went to school for you! And it's just like, what? Okay, buddy. <laughs> like, we're trying to be nice. You're just like, no, I'm fine. It's just like, obviously you're not fine if everyone keeps walking up to you and be like, hey something's wrong and we need you to take care of it. And you're like, no, I'm fine. Get me a Pepsi. The, the, I'm there 16. Is a, there's a comedian from Atlanta who uh, is, uh, is a much bigger name now. And a few years ago at a comedy festival, she was uh, talking to me after a show and was like, you know what? If I had your white privilege, you would not believe the things I would get away with. And I was like, well, why don't you give me a list and I'll, I'll do them. And she's like, yeah, you know, I, you couldn't like cut in lines at movie theaters i was like i guess i guess i can and she's like and then you get paid more for stuff i'm like i definitely do and she's like and you can just like punch a cop i was like hold on (laughs) how much how much leniency do you think i get and uh, it became a point of debate she's like i think you could get away with punching a cop i was like i think you're trying to trick me into punching a cop but i'm like (laughs) i i really i for some reason now i'm on the defense about white privilege and and now you've won actually uh yeah, institutionalized <laughs> feels like the opposite of that. That is very much like, no, uh, anyone who's not white, uh, this is a one-verse song. That's the end of the song. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, even, like, the end of the so- the last line, he's just like, whatever, I'll just get hit by a car anyway. And I'm just like, shut up, white boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, like, just the most, just like, like, whatever, man. You get hit by a car anyway. My parents, try- my parents don't know me. I'm only 16 years old. Because this is his United States of whatever. <laughs> <laughs> was that song on the soundtrack, too? What song was, that song was, like, in some, in some game. It was. It had to be this game. It, it had, had to, to be, be a Tony Hawk. Right. It was. I think it was American My Wasteland States because whatever. It ha- hmm. Hmm. Uh, who's that song even by? Liam Lynch. Liam Lynch. Yeah. 
Is he doing anything? <laughs> the second result is where is Liam Lynch? So. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Tony Hawk's Underground. Okay, I was just like, I know it was one Tony Hawk game. And, um, and the and the behind the scenes content of the comedy film Clerks Do. Hmm. Oh, he performed it with the bassist and drummer from No Doubt. <laughs> to wrap it all back around the sky. Yeah. Um, uh, he's oh, he lives in Virginia. He lives in Petersburg, Virginia. Um. Hmm. What is he doing? What What do you do? He has a podcast. I, I mean, ev- everybody's got a podcast is, these days. <laughs> I would hope his podcast is called My United States or whatever, and that every episode is also just one minute and 26 seconds long, just like this song. <laughs> uh, it's called Lynchland. Uh, he was in, <laughs> oh, he directed mm. the music video. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> God damn it. He, uh, oh, to wrap it back around to what we were talking about earlier, he directed nope, the nope, music nope, video. Nope, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, never mind. We're talking about the Mighty Mighty Boss Patones. They might be giants. He directed one of their videos. Uh, whatever. Uh, he did a, he directed a Weird Al video. Um, he just does a podcast now, apparently. Um, yeah. Good job, Liam Lynch. So you're still you're still around. Did Tony Hawk and the Tony Hawk games go away because the kind of like societal rebellion embodied by intense skateboarding antics fell out of favor? And is that rebellion <laughs> somehow linked with emo and post punk as a genre? Hmm. I I maybe. Because like this was this was around the time like the last Tony Hawk game was Underground Two, which was basically Jackass the game, which there was already right. a Jackass the game, uh, and this was like the time when like all the Jackass guys started going away because who cared anymore? Uh, <laughs> they just this, all wandered back into the forest, <laughs> right? Right. They they went back to whatever portal they came out of, um, <laughs> and uh, this. This is like, I mean, this is like the rise of, like, scene kids, basically. I sort of wonder if, like, the reason we were able to have Tony Hawk games is because you could put all these bands on the soundtrack. Like, like as though My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday and the Dropkick Murphys and Followed by, as though they were all, like, the Planeteers and Tony Hawk was their Captain Planet that they all summoned <laughs> together when they were in the same place. I- I thought what you were trying to get across, Nate, was the did the nature of a generational divide in pranking happen? Like, if we were going to bring back Tony Hawk now, he would have to go to the Japanese suicide forest. Oh, God, like, no! Like, he, we need a real Logan Paulification if kids are going to get behind Oh, that this. is that is some Stephen King shit right there. You brought him back, but he kids wasn't what you thought prank. he'd be. In the same way as they used to, like Tony Hawk sneaks up behind somebody who's old and then air horns them. Like it's great. <laughs> uh, like you man. lit some candles and drew a pentagram in your and and like to bring Tony Hawk back, but you brought him back as a YouTube star. Oh, he came uh, back wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I kind of wonder. Like that kind of makes sense with like the. Uh, like it, I mean, this was basically 
like every song was basically kind of like, hey, what band's on Warp Tour this year? Uh, and this was around the time when they stopped doing just like exclusively, um, exclusively like uh, like punk bands and post hardcore bands and stuff like that. And they started having just like rappers and whoever they could bring onto onto the. Uh, onto the stage. So it kind of coincides with like, I guess the sort of downslope of what warp tour was. And, uh, I want, I wonder that, that kind of, that kind of makes sense. But my, my favorite song on this one is easily the search and destroy by Emmanuel. Oh, that's my, oh. that's mine too. Actually. Really? I actually, uh, I was going to say they did, uh, they did a cover of, um, uh, kryptonite, by um three doors down no <laughs> uh <laughs> by a uh, fucking rap song uh crap why can't i remember purple city all-stars is that the name of that band uh hold on hold on hold on um uh big boy and killer mike um <laughs> yeah purple purple ribbon all-stars uh they just they did a cover of that for punk goes crunk um and that's like one of the best songs on that album, even though the album has like three good song, three good covers on it. Um, but Emmanuel has a, uh, I really like their first album. They were actually on that first, my first show uh, I've talked about before. Oh. It was Emmanuel, the honorary title, Emery and, uh, from Mom to Ashes. Um, and their first album is really good, but it's kind of hard to find, uh, when you're looking on, uh, like Spotify or Google music, because there's like 18,000, uh, Latino, uh, <laughs> like performers with the name Emmanuel. So it's just like, oh, there's a little girl, and then there's this older man. And it's just like, I, I just want to listen to the one band. Thank you. <laughs> I like Search and Destroy. I like Sonic Reducer, but I, I especially like Sonic Reducer because uh, it made me go to listen to the original, which is by the Dead Boys, and uh, they're a Cleveland band. And so now I have a new punk band that I have to go and investigate to represent my hometown. <laughs> I really like um uh Ever Fallen in Love the Thursday cover uh they did of uh, the Buzzcocks. Yeah, and that's just a good song generally. Right. Yeah. Um the first time I actually heard the real version of that was on an episode of Scrubs. <laughs> For whatever fault that Scrubs had, it had a a wide variety of music and occasionally it tossed some real good stuff out there. Got yeah. a whole got a whole bunch of Colin Hay. <laughs> oh my god! Um, and take a drink. Uh, Rise Against just sounds like Rise Against. Um, yeah, but it, but again, it's Rise Against on this album with with these other bands, and it, it does sort of feel right. like the end of an era of things, which was translated into the world around us at the time. Right. Uh, every Rise Against song I've ever heard, like all their singles and stuff they could release like eight songs. And I was just like that. Is that not the first song that they came out with? Um, <laughs> I've never liked them. I'm sorry. Well, I, I mean, yeah, either you like a band that every single song sounds the same or, or you don't. And I it's suppose like, it depends on if you like that song. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of like the same with the offspring where they have like two songs. It's just like the, the dramatic serious song. That's also fast. Or they have the one that's like too fly, like a white guy. And you're just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you got, Derek. <laughs> what is his name? What is the lead singer's name? You know it. Derek Offspring. There you go. <laughs> is his name even Derek or am I thinking of uh, Sum 41? Dexter. Dexter. Dexter Holland? 
Uh, I think let's... he's the murderer. <laughs> no, it is. It, uh, his, his name is Brian, but they call him Dexter. Brian Dexter Holland is how it is labeled on the Wikipedia like page. Dexter in quotes? Brian Keith. Yes. Dexter wow. in quotes. Holland. I wonder. I, I don't wonder. I don't care. I, I, I have nothing say, I against how the got name Dexter, name. but I, that's, a, a that's weird. Yeah, that's a weird. I was. It's like he was a nerd as a kid and someone called him Poindexter and he's like, no, I'm going to own this. I was gonna, I was gonna say Derek Wibley, but that's the guy from Sum Forty One, and I just looked up how his name is spelled, and I'm mad. <laughs> you want to guess? You want to guess how Derek is spelled? Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about his last name. Uh, no. no. Oh, okay, no, it is. Let me guess. It's D E R R I K. No. Oh. No. Brock, you want to give it a go? No idea. D E R Y C K. No. Derek. It's like your parents actively, like, just like, hey, you want to have trouble all your life uh, getting people to spell your name right? That is an outtake from a Key and Peele sketch. <laughs> oh, goodness. Do you know The Offspring is still a band? <laughs> still, that, still... We, we got to say that for a Crazy Taxi episode. Still... <laughs> I just introduced my <laughs> two-and-a-half-year-old to Crazy Taxi. And oh, uh, I, I opened a terrible Pandora's box there. I, now, now I it's all he wants. I don't understand the development of a two and a half year old. Can a two and a half year old play Crazy Taxi or no? Did, no, he sits on my lap as you, I play it. Did you? Was that a pun? What? What? You said that that's all he wants. <laughs> was that an intended joke? No, or? no, that was that was a hundred percent. That was subliminal. Oh man, because that's like <laughs> there's there's like two offsprings. What is it? Two offspring songs and two what? Bad Religion. Who's the other band? There's bad religion on like, Tony Hawk's American Wasteland somewhere. <laughs> well, as I was saying, Crazy Taxi was just like two offspring songs and two other bands. Two other songs by another band. I mean, I it, was, it was an arcade game. Like, you only need four songs for an arcade game until you port it to a, Dreamcast. Yeah, and it was still, yeah, it was offspring of bad religion. Uh, and it was just, <laughs> I'm serious, it was just like four songs and that was it. Um and I played the crap out of it, even though the game had, like, three levels. Um, <laughs> well, you're ready to make some crazy money. I could do that guy's voice. Get ready to make some crazy money. Oh, my God, that was so good. I got chills. I... <laughs> uh, what is that guy doing now? Is he making crazy money? That's this what is, I'm just going to keep asking that. Saddest episode. <laughs> what, is, what is that guy doing now? Oh, that guy was Liam Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> he never made some crazy money. Um, uh, there was apparently a... Did somebody make a crazy taxi has prompted... Apparently... <laughs> uh, they, crazy Taxi sued Fox. Or Sega sued Fox because of Sim- the Simpsons Road Rage. Oh, Which was really? basically... Huh. Yeah, uh, but The Simpsons Road Rage was a better game because it actually had more gameplay besides, like, they didn't just port an arcade game to Dreamcast. or just like, all right, we're done. Did they think they owned the rights to an open-world driving game? Uh, they said that the uh, claimed game was a patent infringement, uh, but it was settled in private. Um, 
I do want to be a fly on a wall in that meeting where a bunch of lawyers that have never played a fucking video game are like trying to look at these two things and be like, I don't know. (laughs) Sure, why not? It's really interesting that like in the at the beginning of the 32-bit era, there was a whole bunch of arcade ports, you know, like Ridge Racer and Virtua Fighter and like all these things that like were in the arcade and finally home consoles could do 3D things like just in the arcade. But right. like that wasn't a thing for the PS2, but it was for the Dreamcast at least. Where I was Crazy like, the Dreamcast was, was concerned. <laughs> see, the Dreamcast was mostly arcade ports, and then like weird JRPGs. Because Sega was the only one still making arcade games at scale, I guess. There in wasn't 2001. Was, there wasn't a Virtual Cop on Dreamcast, and that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> the only I'm time tired. we wished there I'm was t- a cop when there wasn't one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I, yeah. The Dreamcast. I love the Dreamcast. First of all, listen, listen. I love the Dreamcast. Don't you, don't you dare talk about my son like that. Um, Richard Donner was supposed to make a Crazy Taxi movie. What? <laughs> I remember reading about this. Like there was. I remember in the early two thousands, there were like so many movies that were uh, that were like uh optioned they were like, so like we're gonna make video game movies and like i tweeted about it last week about the sims movie that was supposed to come out and uh richard donner was attached to make a live action crazy taxi movie and i was just like <laughs> what could that have been my favorite what? is that ridley scott is still attached to make a monopoly movie uh, <laughs> no. that, that, that that is a murder mystery akin to clue Ridley Scott's not attached to this plane of existence anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like Prometheus himself, (laughs) right? He's like Ridley Scott's just like I have ideas for this, and everyone's like we hate these ideas. He's like I'll show you. I'm just like why do people keep giving him money? Well, also he fixed a movie and removed a a sex criminal in one week before the release, and still made his deadline. So that's true. uh, Mad props. He's bought a few years of me still. Really enjoying his cinema. <laughs> he also uh, like talked some shit on the Blade Runner uh, sequel in the press for it. So, uh, didn't people like that movie though? Oh, that uh, I'm saying that purely as a canceling out move. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He uh, he yeah. also gives like a, a lot of money to like Republican politicians. Like oh, I, yeah. I, every time I get excited about Ridley Scott, I find oh. an equal number of things to not be excited about, about <laughs> Ridley Scott. So he's always just right in the fucking middle for me. <laughs> he, he made another Alien movie, but he made another Alien movie. Like it's fine. <laughs> oh man. Uh are we done with this episode? I think we are. Like, I was like, I can find more uh, stupid things to talk about. Nate, what yeah. do you what do you do? Who are you? What Why do I do? Online? Who am I? I'm just a guy on Twitter.com more often I'm than just, I should be. I'm just a I'm just a boy looking at a <laughs> computer screen, looking at a Fallout boy. Uh, uh, <laughs> if you want to follow me on the Twitter.com, I'm at n e w e r t k r o c k e r. And uh, I do soundtrack roundups once a month for Zam.com. I should have another one coming out soonish, uh, or it's probably already out by the time you're listening to this podcast. Good stuff. Good. Do you do anything else, or you got anything? Oh else to yeah, play? I got a podcast. Um, um, uh, some friends of mine and I are going back through and playing an abridged version of the entire history of video games, starting with Space War, and we just did one on Mortal Kombat. So if you want to hear mm-hmm. me. 
watched the Mortal Kombat movie for the first time in like 20 nice. years. You can go check that out. It's called Go Back and Play. If you do a Kingdom Hearts episode, just let me know. Absolutely. That's like so. th- that's going to be like early 2020, but I will reserve <laughs> your name on the slot. I've spent two months playing Kingdom Hearts, and I just need to talk about it. <laughs> It, like it's it's all it's most of my like just free like mental energy is just like Kingdom Hearts. like that's i'm i'm one of eight people remaining on the internet who's still enthused to really talk about kingdom hearts all the time so i'm here for you in your time of need terrence <laughs> i just like I, on it was sunday night i had finished everything and i'm just it's Man, that uh, that zero point two like lead into Kingdom Hearts three is real good. I'm glad to let, I Go reviewed on. that for Zan actually, and I was like, please don't throw sixty dollars at this. But if you find a way to buy right. it for cheap, definitely do play that Aqua chapter because it is something else. Uh, it's like the the way that they and Brock. I'm just going to talk about this for a second <laughs> before we end the show. Uh, the way that they improved, like the way that they kind of brought in all of the previous gameplay elements into like one game. Mm-hmm was like uh, astonishing because i feel like a lot of games don't learn from the past basically like a lot of sequels just kind of make the game again but add more stuff especially like rpgs like they don't they don't improve on like the actual gameplay they just like here's here's another three towns for you to go into and it's real good. Well, and they do that thing where, like, you're walking along, and it's, oh, it's Kingdom Hearts. I remember. This is exactly how I remember it. And then they throw that first boss fight at you, and you're like, oh, I did not remember. <laughs> I didn't know they could do that. No. Right. Like, the like like the verticality and, like, the particle effects and, like, how big everything is. I was just like, man, after playing all the other games, like, back to back to back, like, it's kind of amazing. Like, I, I'm glad it didn't come out until now, or it's not coming out until this year. Because if it was on any other console, I feel like it would have been way neutered and we wouldn't get, like, the spectacle that this has. Yep, yep. Uh, Brock. Uh, yeah, you can find uh, me at Brock Wilbur on Twitter and stuff. No, I t- no. How do you feel about Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> I have a new Twitch show with uh, Terrence <laughs> called Rat in a Cage where we're playing through all the David Cage games in chronological uh. order. It's a first time uh, for me. It's a it's a wonderful um, repeat trip for Terrence. I haven't played any of those games. I have just watched them all. Oh, you have? I didn't know that. Yeah, I I've thought you'd never actually I've, suffered them all. I like I don't have I don't like adventure games like that. Like I don't really care for the Telltale games either. Oh, okay. Um, so I just watch them all, and I will have you have to. I will send you. You will have to watch the playthrough of the uh, Super Best Friends play. Um, Omicron, the Nomad Soul. That is the first Quantic Dream game with uh, David Bowie's in it, and right. uh, it is like if you thought that the other games were kind of nonsense, this is it's something special. Oh, I can't wait! Well, I'm it's looking forward a- to that. <laughs> uh, so that's me, Terrence. Where where can people find you? I am at the Black Nerd on Twitter. Uh, I have this show and probably some other stuff coming soon, just because. Because I need to make stuff. <laughs> and I'll buy me a new computer chair because the wheels broke off of this one. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's real stupid. I'm gonna I'm gonna invest in one of those uh, DX Racer like expensive ass computer chairs that are nice. like four hundred dollars and uh, have metal frames. Because why don't more computer chairs do like computer chairs come in two flavors? There's just like really expensive ones, or well three. There's like mid range ones that have like plastic. But they're like faux leather, 
And then there's like, uh, which I have currently, which the wheels broke off of. Then they have like $25 computer chairs that they buy for offices that have metal bases, but the chairs are made out of like cotton balls and dreams. Uh, <laughs> and then you could buy one for like a thousand dollars that is made from memory foam. And it, uh, tells you, tells you that everything is going to be okay whenever you sit in it. <laughs> Uh, oh, please support Terrence's work so he can get uh, the memory foam night night <laughs> device. <laughs> that sounds like uh, that sounds like a nice name for euthanasia. Oh, no. uh, that was exactly what I was thinking as it came out of my mouth. I was like, "Oh, that's for children of men, right?" <laughs> get get it so he can uh, get the uh, the Kevorkian chair. Um, <laughs> Let's buy Terrence the longest nap. <laughs> I was gonna say Kerouac, and I was just like, "That's not right." Then <laughs> the, the Car- well, same thing. <laughs> buy me the Jack Kerouac chair. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Nate, thank you so much. For hey, thanks for having me. I had a great time coming on the show. That to not talk about this album as much. Thanks um, for sharing your specialty with us. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, folks. Tony Hawk's American Wasteland, at least the, the 14 cover songs, it's on Spotify. Like, you can go and yeah. find it. Listen to it. It's fun. Yeah, it's a fun time. Good time. Good times. Um, yeah, don't forget to rate review the show on iTunes. We have, like, six reviews, and they're all five stars. Um, and tell your tell your friends about it. We are at Coolest Kids Pod on Twitter. And we already did all the other stuff beforehand so I guess I'll end the show by saying we are the coolest kids and we take what we can get bye thank you adios